What's up, folks? Welcome to the 106th episode of My Take Radio for Thursday, September 8th, 2011. The intro music you just heard was the Scott Pilgrim Universal intro. You can find that on the official Scott Pilgrim soundtrack. Couple of things this week. First off, before I even get into it, because I'm a, I'm a little hype, a little jittery. Call the number 347-324-3541. Again, that call in number is 347-324-3541. All right. Now, I'm a little wired. First day back at school for some kids, for my sister primarily. Uh, complete clusterfuck of a day, only because the New York City school system is bullshit, but... That's besides the point. So, if I'm a little on edge and a little uh, irritable, you can see why. But, first off, I'd, I'd normally go through housekeeping and etc, etc, etc. But I want to discuss something that came to my attention like five minutes ago. And it is the following. MTR has been on the air since 2006. And... I put a lot of work into this shit. A lot of work. I have a fantastic team that helps me. Slick, Andrea, Josh, some of our contributors, our partners. All I gotta say is that if you're building up your own shit, do your homework. Because nobody's gonna do it for you. Seriously. Nobody's going to do this shit for you. This applies to other sites. This applies to other shows. This applies to everything. Learn your shit. Study your game. So you can put out a better product. Everything you do, every post you write, every article you, every article you, you publish, every piece of audio and video is a reflection of your brand. As such... You're a representative of that. And if you can't represent your brand correctly, I sure as fuck can't help you. Because I'm too busy invested into my own brand. That's I, I got to put that out there only because I got a, an email and a Twitter message from somebody that really wanted like some serious hand-holding. And I gave them as much information as I could as a courtesy. Last time I checked, this is called My Take Radio, not Google Radio. You want to learn to do what we do, do your fucking homework. That's it. I'm tired of this shit. I got, you know, five minutes ago. Hey, um, this, 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 and this. And, you know, how do you get your app out? And this, that, and the third. Do your fucking homework. God damn it. Do it. Study your shit. Jesus Christ. All fucking week with this shit. And it's different people. And let me tell you. I love helping everybody. I'm a firm believer in paying it forward. But there's a fine line between paying it forward and taking it in the ass. That's not what we do here. You got a question or two? No problem. You have a couple of things you want to know about that are simple? No problem. 
don't send me a half a page fucking message about how do you do this, how do you do that, etc. Get your shit right. You want to get sponsored? Read articles. If you guys had any idea what my RSS feeds look like, it's insane. It is insane. This is why certain shows aren't where they are. Not because they're not going to do what they got to do, but because they expect the information to just freely float in their lap. Not the way I'm doing it. Period. The other thing I wanted to address, people that want us to promote your shit, I don't go around force-fucking anybody to promote my take radio. I don't. I don't promote it. I promote my own shit. I invest my energy and my time into building my take radio. Slick does it. Andrea does it. Some of our contributors do it. Our partners do it. I don't force that shit. So don't hit me up to promote your shit. And then when we're doing something, I don't give a fuck if it's a tweet about me picking my nose and scratching my balls. And you don't retweet that shit. Because guess what the fuck I'm doing? Not retweeting your shit. Not resharing your shit. I reshare what I like. Not what you want. If you have a problem, fuck you. Period. That's how we're opening the fucking show this week. If you don't like how we do business, fuck you. If you don't like the way the show is paced, fuck you. If you don't like the segments, F you. That's it. it. It's really come to a head the last couple of days with just different things. And it's just a culmination of shit. And this email I got five minutes, well, this message I got five minutes ago from someone who, like I said, I will, I will leave unharmed because it was harmless. But it was just the, the final straw. Google your shit. That's it. Please. Save yourself an unfortunate event of me having to tell you to go fuck yourself and read Google. Go to RSS feeds. Listen to other podcasts. Learn your shit. Learn your craft. I am not an expert. Never claim to be. I'm still learning this shit. Slick should know. Slick gets calls about shit that I'm learning every week that I share with him. Passing on knowledge just in case he has to step in, into my shoes for a bit. In case I go crazy and do something stupid. Simple as that, please. If you run a show, if you run a site, and you need a little help, I will gladly answer one or two questions. It's no problem. I'm not hiding anything, but when it becomes a consistent stream of the most rudimentary and fucking easy questions that you can answer by Googling or by just doing your homework, I'm not the guy, period. That's it. You want me to promote shit that you do? You promote our shit. That's it. Easy as that. I scratch your back, you scratch mine. That's how that's how it works.
I'm, you know, my, MTR is nobody's bottom bitch. If something's getting fucked, we're the ones doing it. Period. So, housekeeping. Our forums. It is now September. Our last purge was done in June. If your account has not been active, your shit's getting deleted. Period. If you're not in the forums and you haven't been, I always leave it the door open for people to message me or email me to leave their accounts active. And I gladly extend that courtesy as always. The forums are very time consuming. I understand people are working, back to school, etc., etc., etc. That's it. Your account isn't active, your shit's getting deleted. That's it. It always happens every 90 days. Uh, this will go on until the last week of September. Your account had, I don't get an email or a message, I'm purging your shit. So be on the lookout for that come the end of the month. In October, I'm not going to give you guys all the details, but we are doing something for breast cancer awareness. It's going to involve the fighting game community. It is a game-related event. It is something that you can partake in. It's an option. It's an optional thing. You don't have to participate to donate to a good cause, but it's something that it, it's very near and dear to me, and I'm trying to work with a lot of brands, a lot of partners to get this out to you guys. So details for that will be coming soon. We're supposed to be doing a call probably within the next week or two with some of the people involved for this event. It is going to be a five-day event taking place on Xbox Live. So be on the lookout for that. We will be announcing that probably first week of October. Second week is, is totally out because Comic-Con is coming, so... We're focusing our energies on that in October, but the event will probably be the week of October 24th, so be on the lookout for that. With that said, i got to just uh, throw a quick shout-out to our partners at Unveil NYC and our content partners at MMA Valor for sticking by us and definitely throwing in their input for this event that we're doing next month. It's going to be big. Um... It's not going to be your run-of-the-mill community gaming, you know, stroke job fest. Come play this game because it's so fucking awesome. And No, that's not what I want to do. I want to do something meaningful with the MTR brand that people will actually give a shit about. Nobody gives a shit about your Call of Duty killstreaks or what guns you're using in your community gaming event. I sure as fuck don't. So that's why we're going to do something like we do with the show, just non-conventional. Moving on, MTR in the last week has expanded quite a bit besides our apps which are available on Android and iTunes. You can also find it in the Amazon Marketplace. We are also now on Stitcher. You can do that also. You can stream the show via Stitcher through your Sonos devices. You can also stream it through your vehicles that have it enabled. You can also stream it with the Stitcher app on your Android and iOS phones as well. I'm pleased to announce that we are also now on the Blueberry Network, which will allow My Take Radio to be seen on other devices, such as the Roku Box, 
uh, boxy box, etc., etc. You're going to be seeing that very soon. We are going to be adding some video content to that, so you'll actually be able to listen to my take radio on your devices that are connected to your TV. So I figured you guys would get a kick out of that. Once we finish getting a couple of the things done, with regards to that, you'll be able to get MTR everywhere. If I get an email asking how the fuck I did it, go to Blueberry.com and do your homework. Next, T-shirts. T-shirts will be available at the end of the month with the initial two designs. There will be new designs coming up, including designs for our charity event. So you'll be able to pick up shirts, hoodies, etc., etc., etc. Stuff regarding the charity event will see proceeds from it go to charity as well. So if you want to do something for charity that way, you can do that too. For those of you that are on Get Glue, make sure to check in on Get Glue. Our stickers hopefully will be live by the second week of October. I've been getting different timetables for it, but that's because the stickers are being designed. So figured I'd share that with you guys. We are guest-free this week, no guest. Next week, though, I will be joined by Dr. David Rice, who is a psychologist that specializes in personas of per, in professional wrestling i'm really looking forward to talking to him because there's so much work that goes into wrestling personas and in addition to that the influence that those personas have on the wrestlers day-to-day lives is something i really want to go into he'll be my guest next week um we also got articles being posted hopefully this week by myself I know Slick is working probably on the next installment of Thundercats and some movie stuff as well. I know Andrea is working on some TV stuff. And we actually got an application in for a new writer. Uh, His name is Ben. He is looking to work on the MMA side of things. He sent me a writing sample. I was very impressed. Uh, He gave me a good bio on himself. And he looks like he may be a potential candidate to join the MTR family. Um, all writers that do come on board, I'm going to do a, um, 30 day probationary period just to make sure that you're a good fit. That way, you know, if it doesn't work for whatever reason, we go about our, our, our ways with no hard feelings. If you are interested in writing for MTR, it is not a paid gig. Please don't send me any emails about it. Um, MTR host at mytakeradio.com. Send me a little writing sample. Tell me a little bit about yourself and, Maybe we can take it from there. I am still looking for writers on the comic side of things. So if you are a comic book specialist, by all means, look me up. There's a lot of stuff going on in the comic book world, which leads me to my next thing that I wanted to announce. We are officially um, a media outlet that is receiving news from Marvel Comics. I'm trying to trying I'm trying to get some articles together, but I got like six press releases from Marvel in three days regarding x-men schism alpha flight etc etc so that stuff is hopefully going to be coming out this week i figured um i would announce that on the air i really wanted to tell the staff off air but it started coming this week so i'm going to try and distribute some of those press releases for the fans to write about also there is some event coverage that will be coming this weekend I will hopefully be attending my first professional Muay Thai kickboxing event um, here locally in Queens with a couple of great fighters that are going to be, well, there's going to be a lot of great talent fighting, but 
we have actually been invited by um, by Take On Productions. They're going to be doing uh, full contact Muay Thai tomorrow, and hopefully we'll be able to check that out and give you guys some photos and some stuff there. It, this is my first time seeing a Muay Thai event live, so I'm really going to try and get a lot of pictures. Um, I've been learning a lot about Muay Thai only because it's it's a lot more exciting for those of you that don't like the ground game of mixed martial arts. So we're going to see what the deal is with that. Hopefully I can get out of work early enough and pick up some press badges. I will um, let you guys know how that goes. And if I do attend, you'll be able to see the pictures on our Facebook fan page and on MyTakeRadio.com. In addition to that, our buddy Amazing Red is wrestling this weekend. He's going to be at the uh, PSW show from his House of Glory Wrestling Academy here in New York City. And he will be on the card along with some of his students, including Alex Reyes, Panda Man. Uh, we may even see Lorenz Dean there. But not only that, we are also going to be treated to a match between Amazing Red and Jay Lethal. So hopefully I'll be able to check that out, and that's going to be Saturday, so expect some photos and a possible write-up on Sunday. So that's where we are with regards to event coverage and stuff like that. My Take Radio will be at the New York Comic Con in October. We've received our press credentials and are going to give you tons of content. So we're going to be blowing up the fan page, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, uh, mytakeradio.com it's going to open up more guests etc 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 so that's where we are with regards to that and lastly our two app exclusives uh, my take radio behind behind the mic and my take radio beyond the mic have been uploaded officially this week uh, we recorded a new episode of behind the mic with kevin baird and jedi hillis from vgn slash metaspective slash spill Cleveland Sports Radio from the VGN Network got a lot of great insight into what goes into the show, how much money is spent on building the show, and it was just great to hear not only the passion from these guys doing the show, but the amount of hard work that goes into it. I mean, I can sit here and I've told you guys what goes into doing MTR on a weekly basis, but these guys, they put in a lot of work. Kevin Baird is a is a beast when it comes to that shit. So props to those guys for coming on short notice to record uh, my take radio behind the mic. Our Beyond the Mic interview series first interview with Andrew Kippen from Boxy has also been uploaded. We should be talking to um, a rep from SRS Labs, which provided us with the iWow 3D that we reviewed also. So we're going to be pumping out a lot of interviews for that, that app exclusive content can be acquired on the MTR apps for Android and iOS. And as a token of our appreciation, we are also offering it to the Stitcher subscribers. So if you have the Stitcher app, you will also be able to get access to Beyond the Mic and Behind the Mic as well. So I figured that would be a, a nice olive branch for our new listeners from the Stitcher network. That's going to wrap up the housekeeping for this week. Let me just do a rundown of tonight's topics. We're going to talk a lot about the UFC news. We're going to talk about WWE Raw. We got some MPD numbers. We got some what the fuck movie news. And to answer Andrew's question in the chat, he wants to know what the difference is between behind the mic and beyond the mic. The behind the mic series focuses on people that have shows, whether it's podcasts or live shows, 
the Beyond the Mic series focuses on everything else uh, beyond just having your own show. It can be tech companies, comic artists, um, TV personalities, movie personalities, uh, wrestlers, etc., etc., because that's going beyond the mic. So that's why we decided to do it that way. I figured um, that would explain it in a nutshell. If you want further info, you can actually find an article I wrote about it on MyTakeRadio.com as well. And I believe if I refresh the chat that I also think Slick answered that. So props to Slick and Andrew is now informed. All right. Tonight's opening monologue, I want to talk about a couple of things. First off, of course, this Sunday is 9-11 and um, pretty emotional time around here in New York City, you know, with Ground Zero and we're slowly starting to see the new uh, Freedom Tower be built. It's the 10-year anniversary, so people are very touchy on the subject. But, of course, the news outlets are going to make sure to crank up the fear that they like to put out. Oh, make sure this, and you know, security's extra tight, and blah, blah, blah. And look, the terrorists are going to fuck with us no matter what day of the week it is. The 10-year anniversary of 9-11 is extremely extremely important and if they're gonna do some shit they're gonna do some shit so the most we can do is not walk around in fear to the point where we're not gonna leave our homes that day the only thing i ask my listeners to do is if if you're in new york is be vigilant that's it you see a funny a funny book bag left somewhere or a briefcase tell a cop keep it moving don't sit there in fear because obviously, if, if you're sitting here fucking scared of what they're going to do, the terrorists clearly win, which is foolish. And I wanted to put that in the opening monologue just because the news likes to go out of their way to make people paranoid. That's one reason why I try not to watch the news. It's easier for me to read them because I don't have to hear, Ladies and gentlemen, is your subway car safe? We'll find out at 11.15 after we talk about the new cookbook from Guy Fieri. Because that's what they do. They won't tell you that, you know, there may be tear gas on your train when you go to work or when you go out on Sunday. But let's talk about Guy Fieri's cookbook first. Because that's what the news does. So I wanted to share that bullshit with you guys. The other thing I wanted to talk about is something which... As a New Yorker, I you know I try to follow all the New York sports teams. I'm not loyal to any particular team, so before you start asking, are you a Jet fan or a Giant fan? No, I follow players and I try to support the New York teams in general. But I wanted to bring something up that I saw that's been on the news for the last couple of days, which I found to be completely ludicrous and stupid, and that's um, a news article about Mark Sanchez, who is the Jets' quarterback that decided to do a spread for GQ. Now, if any of you have seen GQ magazine, you'll know that GQ is very high-end. They like to um, focus on the fashion and how to be a a quote-unquote better man. I I honestly look at it as a catalog of shit you may never own because it's a lot of fucking money. Let's show you this $1,200 watch after you buy this $6 magazine and make you feel bad about yourself. Let's show you 17 dudes that are shirtless to make you feel bad that you're not going to the gym enough. But that's a whole other story. But 
the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because Mark Sanchez, quarterback for the Jets, not an ugly dude. I have no problem saying that. I'm in touch with my masculinity enough that I can say he's not an ugly dude. You know, he likes tacos. But um, he went and did a photo shoot for GQ. And a lot of players, uh, particularly the quarterback from the Green Bay Packers, felt offended by said photo shoot and felt that it was silly. Now, it it could be razzing. It could be just making fun of him to break his balls. But this became a news story immediately to the point where it was in the Daily News. And I laugh about it because if GQ asked me to be in an issue and wear some fitted slacks and a deep v-neck shirt and a $1,200 watch and have a scantily clad chick hanging onto my leg like a Conan poster, you damn right I am going to do it. I don't give a fuck. Because guess what that does? That puts you out there. And last time I checked, nobody should pass judgment on Mark Sanchez because guess what? Mark Sanchez gets a lot more pussy than you. So... Before you wake up and decide to pass judgment because the guy's wearing a deep v-neck shirt and some really fruity looking slacks, realize that he's probably getting a, a check that has more zeros than you have shirts. Not only that, but he's also far more better looking than you. So don't pass judgment. But this was the, the biggest non-story I've seen. This was shown in the paper. It was shown on News 12 Long Island which I saw in my office, and it was really a giant non-news story that was blown up out of proportion. So what? The guy's decent looking. He posed in GQ. He wore some shit that's a little suspect. Fuck him. Easy as that. And I had to bring that up because I just found it to be completely and utterly ludicrous. All right. I'm not going to beat that opening monologue any further because I've realized I've spent 25 minutes going over all the show shit. So... Let's talk about some MMA. All right. First off, we got Strike Force this Saturday. Strike Force Heavyweight Grand Prix semifinals on Showtime. You need to watch the shit. Need to watch it. I'm very upset that the coverage for it has been practically non-existent. Why? I don't know. A lot of great fighters are on that card. On the main card, which will be on Showtime, you got Maximo Blanco versus Pat Healy. You got Hodger Gracie versus King Mo. You got a middleweight title fight with Jacare and Luke Rockhold. And then you have your two heavyweight Grand Prix semifinal matches. Daniel Cormier versus Antonio Bigfoot Silva. Josh Barnett versus Sergey Haritanov. And on the prelims, which you can catch on HDNet, you can see Evangelista Cyborg Santos fighting on that card. Faye Zhao as well. A great night of fights from Strike Force. You need to check it out. Josh Barnett and Haritanov is going to be sickening. Sickening. Catch Wrestling versus Ridiculous Knockout Power in the main event. Uh, Daniel Cormier coming in for Alistair Overeem. We have some superior wrestling against the, the giant Antonio Bigfoot Silva. Those two fights alone are worth checking this card out. 
um, do yourselves a favor and, and support the fighters and take the opportunity and check it out. If you're new to MMA, free MMA is always a good introduction to the sport, so by all means, check that out. In some UFC news, we have a complete debacle with UFC 137. First off, UFC 137 originally was scheduled to be uh, George St. Pierre versus Nick Diaz as your main event. Your co-main event was Carlos Condit versus BJ Penn. Now, Dana White had a press conference this week for UFC 137, where, of course, all the fighters are supposed to be there doing media, including GSP and Nick Diaz. As it turns out, Nick Diaz no-showed the press conference, and actually that was the third press conference he no-showed, and he did, he wasn't able to make any flights, quote-unquote. So Dana White took it upon himself to remove Nick Diaz from the main event and put Carlos Condit in his place. Now, this was huge for a multitude of reasons. Number one, you know, Nick Diaz disappeared. His own trainer, Cesar Gracie, couldn't even find him. Um, he was pretty much AWOL. They were talking about, oh, he was in a plane crash. Some people were saying he was with his girlfriend. Some people were saying he was in Vegas. You know, the, all the typical bullshit on Twitter. And I have to give a shout-out to Bloodstain Lane. And, you know, in a way, he made a valid point in saying that Nick Diaz does not like the whole media side of fighting. He likes to fight and keep it moving. And, of course, Bloodstain Lane put it far in a far more colorful manner. But the reason I, I'm saying that is because as long as I've seen Nick Diaz fight, he's always shied away from doing the press shit. Now, could he have done it via satellite? Maybe. Could he have sucked it up and just done it and given one-word answers or sat there in silent? Sure. Now... A lot of people are saying that he fucked himself and ruined the perfectly good opportunity because he's gone on record as saying that he wants George St. Pierre money. And frankly, in beating George St. Pierre, he would have achieved that. But who knows what was going on through uh, through Nick Diaz's mind. And honestly, shit happens. I really, I really think that certain aspects of the story got blown out of proportion. Dana White removed them. Caesar Gracie agreed. That was that. And honestly, think about this. Your boss tells you to come in for work at 9 a.m. You call at 7.30 that you're running late. You call in at 8.30 that you're still running late. You call in at 9.30 that you can't make it and you just don't show. 90% of the time, you're either going to get written up or possibly fired. Just because you've had ample opportunities, unless you have something serious going on, then fine. But in the real world, shit like that doesn't work. Nick Diaz being removed was, in my eyes, a, a, a tad extreme, only because you could have taken some some of his purse money, you could have fined him, etc., etc., etc. Because Nick Diaz shortly after released a video on YouTube that said, he's like, look, man, I didn't show up for the fucking beauty pageant, but I've never not shown up for a fight. And with that, he was basically putting it out there like, look, I don't like the pageantry and press portion of the fight, of the fight game. Which, sadly, that's part of the job. So there there really has to be a middle ground, and I'm sure Dana White's going to want to address that with him. And, of course, by bumping Carlos Condit up to the main event, you ask yourself, what happens to BJ Penn? So BJ Penn shouted out 
John Fitch on Twitter, and he said, you know, he got a lot of great fights. Some people said he was going to meet Gilbert Melendez at a catchweight. Some people said he was going to meet Ben Henderson. Some people said that Donald Cerrone was going to step up, blah, 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 blah. The the big shocker, and it wasn't even a shocker because I kind of saw it going this way, was that Nick Diaz will now be facing BJ Penn in the co-main event. Now, obviously, what happens if Nick Diaz wins? Does he get the title shot next? Is he just going to be given every other fight except the title fight till his contract runs out and they cut him loose? Who knows? But UFC 137 has become a very, very strange card. Just for that reason. Besides those two fights, you got Czech Congo and Matt Mitrione, Krokop versus Roy Nelson, Hatsu Hioki and George Roop on the, on the main card. On the prelims, you got Donald Cerrone and Dennis Seaver. Tyson Griffin, Tyson Griffin, excuse me, and Bart Polshevsky, Tim Crudeur and Brad Tavares. You got Jeff Curran and Scott Jorgensen, Elliot Marshall and Brandon Vera, and Danny Boy Downs versus Ramsey Najem. You'll be able to check that out October 29th. A lot of people are saying that it sucks that that fight with Nick Diaz and BJ Penn is bullshit. Everybody wanted GSP and Nick Diaz. Just let it play out and see what happens. That's all I can say. UFC 138 is also finalized. That's going to be taking place November 5th at the LG Arena in Birmingham, England. It's going to be on Spike TV, and your main event is going to be Chris Lieben versus Mark Munoz. You got a Renan Barrao versus Brad Pickett, uh, Papi, um, Papi Abedi versus Thiago Alves, um, Anthony and Joquani versus Paul Taylor, and then you got Matt Brown and John Hathaway. On the prelims, which will probably be on Facebook, You'll see uh, Ciro Diabati on that card. Omigawa is going to be on that card. Chris Cope will be on that card. A couple of great, talented guys on the prelims that you'll be able to check out. Jumping back into some Strike Force news, Strike Force Challengers 19 is going to be taking place Thursday, September 22nd, at the Key West Ballroom in the Palms Casino Report in Vegas, uh, Resort in Vegas. Excuse me. And um, main event: Lorenz Larkin versus Virgil Swicker. You also got Ryan Couture on that card, and Jason High will also be on that card. So you'll be able to check that out Thursday, September 22nd. Now let's talk about the UFC on Fox. A lot of crazy shit got announced with regards to that. The main event was announced with Junior Dos Santos meeting Cain Velasquez for the heavyweight title. That's going to be huge on, on a multitude of levels. This is great for Fox, obviously, to get this type of a, of a fight on broadcast television and also it's a great lead-in for the Pacquiao fight so everybody can enjoy the UFC go check out the Pacquiao fight and everybody's all everybody will be well put it like this all will be right in the world because you know you don't want to encroach on the boxing and you want to do the right thing so that's actually a fantastic main event for the heavyweight title also added to that card is going to be Pablo Garza and Dustin Poirier and Cub Swanson versus Ricardo Lamas also huge huge fight on the lightweight side of things with Ben Henderson and Clay Guida. Super pumped for that. That's going to be fight of the night automatically. And Kid Yamamoto will be made, will be meeting uh, Darren. I'm going to mess up this guy's name. Uyanoyama. There we go. So pumped that I get to see Kid Yamamoto on free TV. Plus Ben Henderson and Guida. Plus a heavyweight title fight. It is going to be a great night. Fighters Only Magazine announced their... World MMA Awards, which the nominations are already, um, you can actually start voting on the nominations now. 
You can head over to worldmmaawards.com. There's also an iPhone application if you want to do uh, some votes for that. I just want to run through the categories because they got some some really awesome categories. The big category is, of course, the Charles Mask Lewis Fighter of the Year Award. The nominees for that are going to be Dominic Cruz, Nick Diaz, Dan Henderson, John Jones, and Anderson Silva. Looking at that list, I see probably John Jones or Anderson Silva getting that award. On the breakthrough side, on the breakthrough fighter of the year uh, list, you got Donald Cerrone, Daniel Cormier, Phil Davis, Demetrius Johnson, and Brian Stan. Probably either Daniel Cormier, Phil Davis, or Cerrone are going to be in the running for that. Now, fight of the year is a is a crazy category because it's it's so deep with with great fights. Uh, Jose Aldo and Mark Hominick, Cruz and Faber. Edgar and Maynard at 125, Nick Diaz and Paul Daly, and Diego Sanchez and Martin Campman. I would probably go with Jose Aldo and Mark Hominick just because of that ginormous hematoma. Mark Hominick suffered in that match, and he just kept on pressing through. It was great. So I, I, that's probably going to be my pick. Maybe Uriah Faber and Cruz, but I would lean towards Jose Aldo and Mark Hominick. On the submission of the year category, you had uh, Chen Sung Jung versus Leonard Garcia, uh, Pablo Garza and uh, Yves Jabuan, uh, Richard Hale and Nick Fiquet from Bellator, uh, Vinny Magalhaes versus Victor Nemkov from M1 Challenge. That was an awesome submission. And Tito Ortiz versus Ryan Bader. I can't even I can't even sit here and give you a clear winner, even though that uh, Korean Zombie versus Leonard Garcia was ridiculous with the Twister submission. So. That would probably be my pick, but those are some of your nominees for that. The nominee for Best Promotion, which is an absurd fucking category, has Bellator, Dream, Strikeforce, UFC, and WEC. Let's think about this logically. Strikeforce, UFC, and WEC are under the same umbrella, so why not ju- just say Zufa and everyone else? You know it's probably going to be the UFC, and that's how it's going to go. A new category, which I didn't see last year, was Ring Entrance of the Year. Your nominees are Akiyama at 133, Belfort at 133, Dave Herman at 131, Mark Hominick at 129, and Mayhem at Dream 16. Mayhem is my pick for that. Then you got Referee of the Year, Ring Girl of the Year, MMA Personality of the Year, which actually has some cool nominees there. Bruce Buffer, Stitch Duran, Rogan, Boss, and Burt Watson. I would probably either pick Rogan or Boss for that. Best Technical Clothing nominees were Bad Boy, Hayabusa, Jocko, Sprawl, and Venom. Media Source of the Year, Inside MMA on HDNet, MMAFighting.com, MMA Live on ESPN, MMAJunkie.com, and SureDog.com. I honestly would like to give that award to Inside MMA. They really have a great talking head style ESPN presentation to their program. That's not ESPN-like with all the bullshit, no fluff, just a great approach to MMA. And not only that, but Boss Rutten is awesome. Nominees for Female Fighter of the Year, Marluz Kunin, Zoila Gurgel, Sarah Kaufman, Ronda Rousey, at Ronda Rousey, and Misha Tate. Misha Tate will probably get the honors on that. International Fighter of the Year, Bisping, Gustafson, Joaquim Hansen, Alistair Overeen, and Dennis Seaver. If Overeem doesn't get it, it is a fucking tragedy and a half. And I'll be talking about Overeem later on in the segment. Knockout of the year. I'm not going to go reading through all of these. Comeback of the year, coach of the year, gym of the year, leading man of the year, which when you look at the names on this list, it's Scott Coker, 
Lorenzo Fertitta, Mark Ratner, Bjorn Rebney, and Dana White. Let's not fucking kid ourselves. You know Dana White is getting it. Uh, promotion of the year. Again, another fucking bullshit category. Best lifestyle clothing line. Affliction, Bad Boy, Form Athletics, RVCA, and Tap Out. Obviously, Tap Out is a no-brainer for that. MMA Journalist of the Year. John Morgan, Gareth Davies, Josh Gross, Ariel Helwani, and Ben Folks. Ariel Helwani is running away with that, so don't kid yourselves. That's how it's going to go down. All right, moving on. The UFC announced that they will be returning to Japan probably on February 26th uh, from the Saitama Super Arena in Saitama, Japan. Zufa's executive Asia, excuse me, Zufa's Zufa Asia's executive vice president Mark Fisher held a press conference for the formal announcement. Fighters that were present were Akiyama Yamamoto, uh, Kid Yamamoto, Yushin Okami, Hatsu Hiyoki, Omigawa, Gomi, Fukuda, and Mizugaki. They were all in attendance. Dana White appeared via video. I think that the UFC in Japan is huge, especially after the departure of Pride. So we're going to see if the UFC can capture the Japanese audience. That show is going to take place at 10 a.m. in Japan with the pay-per-view matches taking place at noon. This will allow the show to air in prime time in North America. So that's going to be a cr- if you guys thought the Brazil card was insane and the Brazil audience, you guys haven't seen Japan. Japan does not fuck around. Diego Sanchez and Matt Hughes were supposed to be meeting, not happening. Diego Sanchez broke his hand and now it's going to be Josh Koscheck meeting Matt Hughes at UFC 135. Um, also on that card, of course, John Jones and Rampage, Nate Diaz and Gomi, Mark Hunt and Ben Rothwell. All great fights on that card. On Spike TV, you got Aaron Riley and Tony Ferguson, Tim Bocek and Nick Ring. Fantastic. I'll be ordering that pay-per-view. Huge Rampage fan I am. So I definitely want to see him go in there and square off with John Jones. Everybody's picking Jones to take this fight. I beg to fucking differ. But, you know, we can't win them all, so... For right now, I'll just go with John Jones and Rampage as my number one selling point for that card. Also, Saturday is Bellator 49. Spike TV is going to be airing Bellator prelim fights on Spike.com. So if you were wondering if Spike TV will be getting Bellator anytime soon, that should be a great indicator. The card for Saturday's event is solid. Dan Hornbuckle versus Luis Santos on the welterweight tournament opening round. Chris Isneros versus Ben Saunders. And Chris Lozano versus Brent Weedman. Chris Lozano is a cool-ass dude. He was on MMA Gospel a couple of times. Looking forward to seeing that. Steve Carl versus Douglas Lima. That's on the main card for MTV2. The LA Times broke a report earlier this week that was confirmed by the UFC that Brock Lesnar is stepping back into the cage to meet the demolition man, Alistair Overeem, in a five-round main event December 30th. What a great way to end the new year with the the one of the two of the largest, craziest motherfuckers in the heavyweight division meeting with the winner facing the victor from Cain Velasquez versus Junior Dos Santos. It is going to be insane. You're going to have the wrestling pedigree of Brock Lesnar and the immense size of Brock Lesnar against... The ginormous super freak Alistair Overeem and his Muay Thai offense is going to be insane. It's like the unstoppable force meeting the immovable object. And I'll tell you guys right now, 
If you've never seen Alistair Overeem fight, YouTube homework assignment. Look up on Alistair Overeem highlight reel. Hell, head over to Team Takeover's website. They probably have one there as well. Ridiculous. Awesome, awesome fight. In some Fedor news, Jeff Monson announced that he will be meeting Fedor Emelianenko at an M1 event in Russia. Jeff Monson announced this fight via his Twitter. Vadim Finkelstein from M1 said that Fedor would be fighting in the fall. I actually would like to see this fight. I like the Jeff Monson, and we'll see if Fedor um, can come back from the losses that he suffered. I think Jeff Monson is a tough opponent, dangerous on the ground. He's got solid hands, and we'll see if Fedor can return to form. Last bit of MMA news to close things out. Credit to MMA Junkie for this. They announced that Frank Mir and Antonio uh, Rodrigo Noguera will be meeting at UFC 140. That's going to go down December 10th at the Air Canada Center in Toronto. Mir and Noguera, of course, fought back in 2008 at UFC 82, where Mir scored the TKO victory over Noguera. So, um, really, it was in 2008? I could have sworn it was a little later than 2008. I gotta check that for sure. But uh, props to MMA Junkie for posting that. Uh, I'm actually, I was really looking forward to maybe Mir and Overeem. Not to take anything from Noguera, but it's a fight that we've seen. Unless they come in there and slug it out, I'm not expecting a barn burner. But you never know, man. That's the beauty of MMA. Shit can change at the drop of a hat. I'm gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're gonna talk some wrestling. Right after this. You know those shows where they play video game music and they laugh in like really high voices like... <laughs> well, you won't listen to that on our show. Because uh, we don't have the budget for that kind of thing. We're broke as hell. And uh, nobody really cares that much to laugh that hard. So um, if you're looking for a show like that that has horrible audio quality and... Uh, Void of fake laughter. Video game news radio. 11 p.m. Tuesday nights. On all games. The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. All right. I'm going to start with Raw first since it's no longer called Raw. It's called the Raw Super Show. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the title going forward, but. As usual, CM Punk, Triple H, Kevin Nash, they come out, they talk shit, Kevin Nash gets fired, wash, rinse, and repeat. Now, the big thing coming out of this is that was Kevin Nash legitimately fired? It's number one. This goes into WWE.com's announcement that Kevin Nash was future-endeavored. Uh, one of the reasons for this, according to Kevin Nash on Twitter, was because they couldn't agree to financials. Originally, it was said that Kevin Nash was going to be facing CM Punk at Night of Champions, and he couldn't because of some medical issues which forced the WWE to change the match to Triple H versus CM Punk. Kevin Nash disputed that by saying he was healthy and that they just couldn't agree on money. So Kevin Nash is out. Um, a, a cool promo as always. <clears throat> excuse me. A cool promo is always Kevin Nash, uh, CM Punk, great chemistry, CM Punk just dropping napalm on these fucking guys. And um, I don't know, I mean, the hard sell for this Triple H and CM Punk feud is there. I just don't feel that it has the same amount of a fire to it 
as you know some of the other feuds it really does feel like austin versus mcmahon 2.0 but whatever it is what it is next up air boom or the flying parsnips as uh my fiance likes to call them uh evan Bourne and kofi kingston against the great kali and jinder mahal what a fucking clusterfuck i mean don't get me wrong it was a great showcase for air boom but against the great Kali who can barely walk and Jinder Mahal who's wrestling hasn't even really impressed me too much. I don't know, man. It wasn't a, a tag team match I would have expected to see on Monday Night Raw. That's some shit I'd like to see on Superstars or NXT or some other rubbish. But on, on Raw, that shitty ass tag team match, not so much. Next, we had a Divas title number one contenders match with Beth Phoenix and Eve Torres. Uh, if you thought Eve Torres was going to get the victory, stop, put down the crack pipe, step away, and go to rehab. Not happening. Eve Torres, I'm tired of, of her push. They're really trying to push her like she's fucking awesome. She's all right. She's not fucking great. You have basically Beth Phoenix and Natalia carrying this division carrying them gail kim is gone melina's gone regardless of the fact whether she was a head case i don't know what's up with elisa fox i don't know what's up with uh rosa mendez the bella twins fucking suck i don't give a fuck what anyone says they stink i'd rather watch two little girls making their barbies hit each other it's probably going to be more exciting than watching the bellas wrestle because they stink we get some backstage shit. CM Punk, for some reason, they booked him in a match with R-Truth. And, of course, The Miz got involved. Real, Actually, a, a surprisingly good match, which I'm hoping leads to what I was saying with a, a feud with Punk and The Miz. It was ridiculous. CM Punk delivered a GTS that was actually really badass. I was like, wow, that was really close. The match had a little bit of a rough spot. I felt that the chemistry wasn't completely there. But... It shows that CM Punk can definitely carry matches. R-Truth looks solid in the match. And The Miz and, and R-Truth's attack on the you know the main eventers is definitely a great way to go. And can do a lot for both guys. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Triple H again back out on Raw. We should really create a drinking game of how many times Triple H comes out. This ended up... Uh, changing the main event for well whatever the i guess co-main event for night of champions triple h said that he changed the match into a no dq match because he wants to genuinely hurt punk and he threatens to fire punk afterwards cm punk says he likes the no dq stipulation but he wants to add a stipulation of his own and that's that if cm punk wins at night of champions he must resign as the coo triple h must resign as the coo of the company triple h agrees blah 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 um this this stipulation kind of changes things because i already felt that triple h was going to win regardless but what would happen if triple h got fired does mcmahon come back does triple h just become a wrestler does triple h end up becoming the gm like there's so many stupid ways that can go and i'm actually intrigued not intrigued enough to drop 60 bucks but my interest is definitely there Jerry Lawler and Zack Ryder versus the 
the charismatic David Otunga and Michael McGillicuddy was horseshit. The only good thing that came out of it was more Zack Ryder on TV. Zack Ryder is coming to his own, doing his thing. I'm very impressed with Zack Ryder. His mic work is really good. His Z True Hollywood Story, Long Island uh, Z, well, I think it's Z Long Island True Story. I always fuck that up. His YouTube videos, let's go with that. His YouTube videos are fucking solid. They're hilarious. And they really show that he has come into his own as a performer. And I'm really hoping that the, that the WWE doesn't let the boat sail on this and does something with him. The fans can, are getting behind him, starting to see some broski signs, broski t-shirts, uh, sunglasses they got coming out, which he mentioned on Opie and Anthony today on the after show with uh, primetime Sam Roberts. So definitely good times for Zack Ryder, and I'm pulling for him. Why did we see Randy Orton versus Heath Slater? I don't fucking know. Maybe they wanted to punish us which I think is what they were going for, because Heath, Heath Slater stinks. Fucking Ginger Kid, Wendy's, sucks. Sucks. I don't give a shit. It was just a... And it was a jobber match for Orton. So it wasn't even anything of note. We got a little backstage action with some more Zack Ryder stuff going on. And then to wrap things up, we had the eight-man tag with John Cena, John Morrison, Sheamus, Alex Riley versus Christian, Ziggler, Swagger, and Wade Barrett. Decent little match. Uh, Super Cena, full effect. See, crowd goes fucking ridiculous. And Cena gets the win by making Swagger tap out. So great work, Super Cena, making the other guys look like complete shit because you can never get your ass kicked before losing your mind. Del Rio comes out, jumps John Cena, and we close with the typical shit. John Cena celebrating, blah, blah, blah. You know, Del Rio tried to attack him. It didn't work. Cena celebrates. End scene. Raw overall was passable. One of the big things that came out of that was, like I said, the Kevin Nash firing. But also, the other big thing, which I was shocked that they announced, was that the WWE Network will be coming in 2012. This is the first time it's been announced publicly. And also, I saw earlier this week some ads that Survivor Series here in New York City was advertising that The Rock would be returning to action. So who knows what the fuck is going on with that. But the WWE Network is huge for so many reasons. Number one, they have tape libraries from so many wrestling promotions that they can do, you know, a whole bunch of shit with. You got the ECW tapes. WCW, you got old WWE footage, um, I believe you have some AWA as well, so I think that WWE has reached a point, not to mention you got your tough enough, your tough enough seasons you can play, your NXT seasons you can play, um, some of your exclusive movies, some of your DVD compilations that have been out, I think WWE has enough co content to carry a network, and we're going to see how much it'll cost you. I honestly would want to check it out only because I'd get to see a lot of old stuff that you wouldn't have to pay a la carte for like they've been doing lately with the WWE on demand stuff where you got to pay for this show, that show. If I got to pay an extra three, four bucks on my bill for a full WWE network and see a lot of old matches and stuff, that shit, that'd be awesome. Not only that, but you can actually create original programming 
for your network that'll help expand the WWE brand. And if you want to throw any of them dumpy, shitty-ass bullshit movies on there, by all means, have at it. You want to throw in The Chaperone Part 2? Go for it. Um, See No Evil Part 2 and Part 3? Go for it. I think that the WWE Network is going to be huge and can do a lot of great things for the product, so I'm pulling for it, and I can't wait to get more details about it. WWE.com reported that Santino Morella suffered a separated left shoulder in a car accident. Uh, Definitely wishing a speedy recovery to Santino. Not that he's missing much because he'd probably come out every week and get jobbed out regardless. So got to wish a speedy recovery. Get well soon, Santino. Now I want to talk about the Wrestling Revolution project. If you listened to MTR a couple of weeks back, well, I'd say about a month back now, We spoke to Jeff Katz about the Wrestling Revolution Project, which is a unique and innovative product that Jeff Katz is putting out. It's going to be a 13-episode seasonal concept that's going to focus on on wrestling wrestling storytelling, but also you're going to get a complete three-act narrative structure. So that's going to cut the cord from all the typical wrestling bullshit, and you're going to follow the three-act structure, which is great. You're going to get a brand new universe of characters with new rules, and you're going to have great in-ring storytelling and a unique wrestling experience that you'll actually be able to check out on Netflix and on Hulu online. In addition to that, the seasons will be released on DVD shortly after filming. They're going to begin filming the show in October, and the reason I'm talking about this is because a lot of great names have been added, including one of our friends as well. And I'll go into some of the some of the roster members: Luke Gallows, Sean Devari, MVP, Kenny Omega, Ken Doan, Sammy Callahan, Colt Cabana, Alex Reynolds, um, Emil Emil Satosi, Doctor Luther, Ben Muth, Prince Devitt, and Psycho Mike Rollins. And last but not least, our very own friend Amazing Red has joined the Wrestling Revolution Project. So I'm super pumped to see that. Not only because of guys like MVP and Davari who are there, Luke Gallows, Psycho Mike Rollins, Sammy Callahan and Cabana, but also I'm excited to see what they do with Amazing Red, who he will become now, and what type of, how he'll fit into this new revolutionary concept. So I'd like to extend my congratulations to our friend Amazing Red, and of course to Jeff Katz, who is trying to turn the business on its head, and I'm looking forward to seeing that product. Earlier in the segment, we were talking about the Bella Twins and the fact that they suck at wrestling and um, how they're horse shit. But I actually wanted to talk about them because the WWE put out a, an interesting article about the Divas division titled Divas of Doom or Salvation. The article focused on the state of the Divas division and whether Natalia and Beth Phoenix are going to destroy the division or save it. Now... The reasoning for this article, obviously, was to get the Divas of Doom over, but the funny thing that happened also was that a lot of the Divas seemed to have taken offense to it, especially one Nikki Bella, who went on a crazy-ass Twitter rant, for which, let me just read you some of the stuff. She puts, wow, WWE definitely, at, at, wow, at WWE, I definitely woke up to an embarrassing article you wrote. Well, you wanted to know everyone's thoughts? Here's Nikki B's. She goes on to say, first off, you want me you want me to slap you with all of my awards and championships I've won? I was a number one athlete. Which other diva was? 
Secondly, Brie and Kelly Kelly have been the only entertainment that has happened to the Divas division and have worked harder than anyone. Thirdly, I've seen two girls the past few weeks try as hard as they can to be models while us models have busted our butts. Now, before I continue to read that, let me be frank. You think, Brie Bella and Nikki Bella, that Brie and Kelly Kelly have been the only entertainment in the Divas division? You mean to tell me that Kelly Kelly rubbing her ass in another chick's face is entertainment? The only time that a woman's ass in another woman's face is entertainment is when it involves red tube, lubriderm, and a light and some tissues. Stop. Stop your shit. Not entertainment. Not. Kelly Kelly rubbing her ass on a chick's face. Not entertaining. No. Stop it. Stop. Lay off the crack. And you're talking about the, the, the other two girls that are trying to be models? What, because Beth Phoenix puts on some lipstick and Natalia puts on a nice dress? They're trying to be models? How about the fact that they're not in ring gear? And that they're pretty good looking. And they want to show that they can be good looking but still whoop your ass. Let's move on. She puts, oh, and good luck with the up and coming divas. Sure, you'll make a lot of money with them. Um, actually not. Lastly, Kelly Kelly and us are better than anyone in the past. So Ke so Katie Raymond, check yourself and come read this article to my face. This was from Nikki Bella. Now, here's the funny thing, because, you know, Katie Raymond wrote this article. The fact that you have the, the gall, the gall to say that you're better than anyone in the past. You two twin douchebags can't do shit right. You can't even switch correctly. I've seen instances where there wasn't even a necessity for the quote-unquote twin magic. Because your opponent was fucking unconscious on the other side of the ring. Why are you going to switch? The fuck out of here. You're better than anyone in the past? Are you insane? So you mean to tell me that when there were the, the, the great feuds with uh, Trish Stratus and Lita, and we can even go as far as when Jazz, Molly, Holly, and Ivory were there, that you guys are better than them, the two of you, that come out with your little fucking doily-looking capes and your stupid little dance when you come... Get the fuck out of here. You're insane. You're insane. And you're entertaining? What's entertaining about you two? What? It, it, it's not that you that, that you're overwhelmingly hot. I can bump into chicks that are three times better looking than you guys on, on Junction Boulevard here in New York City, Spanish Harlem, the fucking bodega around the corner, the smoke shop, hell, the Long Island Railroad. I can find better chicks that look three times better than you guys without even trying hard. Fuck out of here. Shut up. Yes, Natalia and... Beth Phoenix are going to save the division. Yes, because they can do something you two dummies can't. Wrestle. Kelly Kelly gets a pass because we all know that Kelly Kelly's wrestling sucks. But they figure that the wrestling Barbie doll can get a lot of eyes on the product. Which is fine. Whatever. You know, we, it's clear. She's the wrestling Barbie. That's what she is. You know, she's got the super bright teeth. The shiny little bedazzled shit. It's a wrestling Barbie. It's bad enough that the Divas belt looks like a Barbie title. You might as well put it on Barbie and get it over with. Stop.
but it gets better. Beth Phoenix put a post on the matter, and she put, It's not the Divas division that needs saving, but the WWE Universe. Myself and Natalia are on a mission to make you change your minds. As long as I can remember, I've worked my butt off and been underappreciated, while the crowd adores Kelly Kelly and Eve Torres. I'm tired of looking and being the best and being passed over time and time again. I'm done asking for approval and just getting started and I'm just getting started proving my point. Hashtag Divas of Doom. Once again, is she wrong? Nope. Because Eve Torres comes out, does a little booty popping shit with a little Wonder Woman costume, does her her half ass moonsault. And this is what's on TV every week. Instead of bringing in caliber women's wrestlers. No, we just crank out the Barbie dolls and hope for the best. And it's like, I'm going to throw 17 piles of shit at a wall and we'll see what sticks. Brie Bella comes in later on and she goes on to say uh, the following. I just woke up to some craziness. The words spoken by Katie are laughable, but I'm a woman who will stand for what I believe in. So I know what I've been given, what I've given the fans. And that's all that matters. WWE might think that you're a bunch of puppets that are persuaded by their words, but I know how you all feel. Good and bad, I love it. I mean, if WWE cared about divas, why do we have such little time on TV? Why were divas such as Mickie James, Melina, and Gail Kim released? Why weren't why aren't wrestlers like Sarah Del Rey hired? All amazing. Kelly Kelly and myself have worked too hard to have an unknown, untalented writer say the things that she did. Kelly, whoever, can suck it. I, I I have to agree with that statement because Mickey James was good in the ring, Melina was good in the ring, Gail Kim was good in the ring. The only problem is that the caliber of matches just wasn't there. The chemistry wasn't there. You want Mickey James, you want Melina, you want Gail Kim, and you want them on TV. How about giving us different matches, different opponents, storylines that matter? Let's not have, oh, you spilled my coffee at catering, and we're going to throw each other on the catering table and fight, and then we'll settle it in a match. Why don't let, Let's do something better. You know, how about a Diva Steel Cage match? Or a Divas Iron Woman match. Something something where it would matter, where it would put some, some relevance on the division. And I'm not talking about a Kelly Kelly, Eve Torres, Bella Twin tag match in a steel cage where nothing is going to happen. Don't want that. Real wrestling. And of course, it wouldn't be complete without CM Punk chiming in. He puts so weight. The Divas are mad about an in-house article on WWE.com that is potentially designed to garner them attention. Awesome. Looks like Natalia and Beth Phoenix are also pin-up smart. Of course, they're saying that their responses could be in character, but that Nikki Bella seemed to have been more real, and she was very complimentary of Kelly Kelly. Frankly, the Divas need more time, but they also need more training. If they continue to suck in the ring, they shouldn't bitch about not being on TV easy as that in some tna news kurt angle got arrested shocker he was arrested for driving under the influence by a virginia state trooper he posted a two thousand dollar bond and was released at about two at about three thirty in the morning according to virginia state uh, virginia state trooper cr scally kurt angle had a blood alcohol content of 0.9 when initially tested the legal limit is 0.8 The .6 that Kurt Angle reported he tested came in from a test later Sunday morning. This according to the state police. This is all according, of course, to the state police. Trooper C.R. Scali has stated that he observed Angle weaving and driving down the center line for over half a mile. 
He proceeded to pull him over, and when questioned, Angle admitted to be drink to have drank three beers. He had him perform six different sobriety tests and noted that Mr. Angle's eyes were bloodshot and glassy. He also failed on many of the sobriety tests. Angle, like I said, secured a $2,000 bond, and he has a hearing set October 4th. Now, of course, in typical Kurt Angle fashion, he disputes the fact that he was hammered while driving. I wasn't there. I don't know. But if you were at point eight, and if you were over point eight, you were fucked up. Just admit it and move on. Pay your fine. Get whatever help you need to get and keep it moving. It wouldn't be complete without talking about Jeff Hardy, who was supposed to be on impact this week. Jeff Hardy was on court to, was in court today and pled guilty to two counts of possession of a controlled substance with intent to deliver a controlled substance. And he also pled guilty to a single count of conspiracy to traffic in a substance containing opium. All felonies are pending from his September 11th, 2009 arrest more than two years ago. But here's the kicker. Jeff Hardy was sentenced to 10 days in jail. 10. 10 days in jail, 30 months of probation, and a $100,000 fine as part of the plea deal that was reached. All other counts that were against Hardy were dropped, again due to the plea deal agreement. Hardy's lawyer requested that Jeff be allowed to travel outside of North Carolina to work for TNA, and the request was granted. Now, here's the kicker with that. Let me get this straight. He had all these drugs, possession, to w- with the intent to deliver, but he's only getting 10 days in jail. I don't understand that. So all of that, all that, all those drug charges, and you're only getting 10 days in jail. Unfucking believable. 10 days and 30 months of probation. 30. I mean, whatever, I'm glad that Hardy's got the situation behind him, but it just feels like, like fucking bullshit. He makes $100,000 probably in, in, in 90 days. Ugh. Now, the funny thing about it is that Jeff Hardy now has three felonies on his record, which means that they pro- he probably won't be able to get into a lot of countries or get a working visa. R-Truth has also had this problem because he had a felony, shocker, that was from over 20 years ago wwe has passed on hiring people for having felonies before though none of them had jeff's name value so we'll see what happens with that and lastly kurt angle's blood alcohol test done at the scene of his arrest will not be admissible in court however he did fail field sobriety tests and did get a dui for being unable to pass those even if the blood alcohol even if the blood alcohol content was below the limit so Wrestling Observer posted that later on earlier this evening, and I figured I'd share that with you guys. And lastly, Spike TV's website is reporting that the October 6th episode of Impact will be a three-hour episode, airing from 9 to midnight. Um, To answer Strider's question, it is Jeff Hardy with the $100,000 fine, not Matt Hardy. And Impact being three hours, uh, yeah, that's three hours of Flair wooing, Sting pretending to be the Joker, and at least two and a half hours are going to be dedicated to Hogan getting out of his chair and possibly making it to ringside. So, three full hours of impact, fuck out of here. That's going to wrap up the wrestling segment. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we get back, we are going to talk some video games. 
right after this. I don't know it's on tonight even. Tonight at 10 on your local news. I said to Jesus, Jesus, can you say this is the deal of the century, people? I'm telling you. So, Jason, uh, what, what, I mean, what, what are we doing tonight tumbling with Tumbleweed Tuesday nights at 10 p.m.? blogtalkradio.com, Eastern Standard Time. Do you even know? Jason? Jason, are you there? All right, let's talk some video games. First off, first off, excuse me, Deus Ex will be getting some DLC next month. Square Enix has confirmed that the pack titled The Missing Link will be available in October and will involve Adam Jensen mysteriously disappearing for three days. So be on the lookout for that in October. Modern Warfare 3. Obviously, the first-person shooter community is slowly getting ready to blow their load when this game drops. But... Microsoft, in typical uh, Predator fashion, is going to be dropping a Modern Warfare Xbox 360 bundle. The bundle, of course, will include a unique console with custom startup and disc loading sounds. In addition to that, they're releasing two matching controllers that will come with the system, and you can buy those controllers separately for $60. In addition, you'll be getting tokens for downloads, but they haven't given any details as to, as to what those downloads will be. Wrapping things up, you're going to get a pack. You're going to get the game, of course, and a month of Xbox Live. The bundle's going to run you 400 bucks, and it'll be available November 8th. Not only that, but November 8th they will be releasing a Modern Warfare 3 Bluetooth headset, which will also come with downloads, and that's going to run you 70 bucks. So if you don't have an Xbox 360 yet, you love Call of Duty. 400 bucks, and you can get yourself that bundle on November 8th. Sony, on the other hand, no bundles from them, but an announcement that they are bouncing back from their little hacking fiasco. According to CNET, Sony CEO Howard Stringer said that there have been over 3 million new customers since the attack, and that PSN sales have increased from the what the, uh, excuse me from what they were before the attack. Stringer also went on to say that the network is more secure and better than ever. The summer of our discontent is behind us, he said. Now, here's the funny thing about that. Great. Three million new customers. PSN sales are up. Online component still sucks dick. Figured you should know, Howard. Figured you should know. Now, it wouldn't be a game segment without talking about our buddies at GameStop or Rape Stop, or Lame Stop, or whatever other nickname we have for them, because they have figured out a new way to fuck over the video game community, and that is by announcing that they will be accepting iOS devices, such as iPods, iPads, and iPhones, for trade-ins. The store eventually is going to plan on reselling those devices, but they haven't released resale prices yet. The announcement was made last week at GameStop's annual manager's convention. Now, normally, I would say, oh, that's kind of cool, another place where you can sell your iPod, iPad, or whatever. But th here's the funny thing when it comes to GameStop. GameStop 
and giving customers a fair offer on their product is just non-existent. So if you have an iPod, or let's go with an iPad, an iPad will run you brand new 400 bucks, depending on which model you get. Let's go with 400 Normally, if it's a used product, you might be able to sell it for 300 maybe 275 I guarantee you that lame stop are going to be the kind of condescending jizz bags that will tell you that, hey, nice iPad, I'll give you $125 for it. And that's what's going to happen. You're going to walk in there with your iPod Touch that you paid $250 for, that you probably expecting to get at least $150. They're going to be like, nah, we'll give you $85 for it on store credit. Because this is what happens. Normally, like I said, I would applaud a retailer for going out of their way to doing something different. But what happens with GameStop is that they proceed to not only jam their finger up your ass, but to jam their entire fist. And while they have their fist up your ass, they proceed to work your mouth like a puppet. That's what they do. They, they puppet you into doing all the shit that you don't want to do. Because you figure, eh... Why bother selling it on eBay and dealing with the fees? Eh, why bother trading it into Amazon and having to ship it? Eh, why bother dealing with Craigslist and having to deal with some creepo? I'll just sell it to GameStop and they'll look out for me. No, the fuck they won't. If you thought that getting, that getting your game and selling it a week later and getting 20 bucks for it to only see it sold for $5 less than new was a fucking travesty. Get ready to see your $400 iPad being bought from you for $110 and then sold for $348. Because that's what's going to happen. You guys that sell your iOS devices to GameStop deserve to get your pockets raped. Period. If you if you really want to sell your $400 iPad to GameStop, do yourself a favor, go to your kitchen, get the tallest glass you can find, take some Tang, pour some Drano in there, add some water, and drink it and proceed to fucking kill yourself. It's absurd that anybody would entertain doing that shit. On the flip side, if they price them competitively... You'll be seeing a lot more people trading in their consoles and shit and getting I iOS devices. So, way to go helping Apple gain more market share, you fuckers. Nice work. Let's talk about Dat Madden. Of course, Madden came out. The Madden NFL fan base conveniently squirted in their shorts. Oh my god, Madden is out! It's so fucking awesome! Just in time for the football season! Oh my god! That's what happened. Instead, Madden came out of the gate and sold 1.4 million units in a week. You want to hear what's worse? That's a 10% increase from last year. So, 1.4 million units, 10% increase. What are you getting? Glorified roster update. Way to go, guys. Way to go. Now, it's not every day, well, it's not every week, I should say, that I get what-the-fuck gaming news that come across my desk. Usually, 
the holidays come around and I get maybe one or two news articles, but this, this takes the fucking cake. This. I'm going to read to you something that dumbfounded me beyond belief. And I'm sure that guys like Strider, Helmet, Andrew, Slick, and some of our listeners are going to be just as fucking mind-fucked as I was. And this involves our friends at Fox News. According to Fox News, and they released a video, they stated that games like Flower and SimCity promote a liberal agenda. According to Fox News, they, they are games that promote a liberal agenda that are also promoting fear. When the fuck did Flower and SimCity become political games? You fucking cumbags, you pieces of shit. You fucking tidy whitey wearing Kool-Aid drinking fuckface assholes. What the hell? Are you, are you kidding me? Are you... Oh, my God. You shit-kicking pieces of shit. That's what... SimCity promotes a liberal agenda. Last time I checked, one of the options in SimCity didn't allow you to pick whether abortion was great or not. Or whether you had to vote on the Obamacare package. Are you Are you serious? And the fact that you assholes at Fox News would go out of your way to put this on your site with video, with video, which if, if I could find the link right now, I'd post it in the chat. But please, you can you, you guys can probably just punch in Fox News gaming and liberal agenda and you'll pull it up. This is why I don't watch CNN, Fox News or any of these other piss poor media outlets because they either promote the end of the fucking world or the, the the republican agenda the liberal agenda the tea party agenda the sarah pa the sarah palin i'm holding my kid because i want sympathy agenda all those agendas get put out there are you are you guys are you guys fucking serious are, are, are you serious that you would really do that that you would say that that video games, video games, you fucking horse-humping assholes. Video games promote political agendas, you motherfuckers. Are you serious? This is what you do with your time. This. This is what you do. Instead of talking about, hey, you know, the jobs increased this week. Or, hey... You, something you know the anniversary of 9/11 is coming let's reflect on on some of the great things that have happened that brought our country together or hey the weather's kind of fucked up maybe you guys should buy sandbags so your basement don't flood no 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 that's not what we do we don't do news here we do bullshit that's what happens we don't do news we do straight up bullshit. We do fuckery. We do fucking backstabbing journalism. We do agenda driven fucking programming. That's what we do here. News? <laughs> we don't do that shit here. That's what Fox News is saying. Ugh. That's your what the fuck gaming news. And I've just been informed that Dark Helmet, I believe, 
may be wanting to call in. So, let me just see what the deal is. Dark Helmet. Hello. What's going on? Uh, yeah. Liberal That's Agenda. Pretty, I, yeah, Liberal Agenda. Especially since um, you can lower the tax rate, which is what they kind of are all about. You know, lower taxes, lower taxes. And you can drop your tax rate in the game, which helps bring people. Pretty sure that's not a liberal agenda. Dude, how how do you justify that? How? How do, how do these I, motherfuckers sit there, these pieces of shit, and, and, and advocate that? Fuck them. It, it's stupid. Ridiculous. I mean, I mean come on. I know they, they have slow news days and all, but where did... I just, it just doesn't even make sense. Sense. Now, doesn't attack anything. It seems almost. Oh, well, this, this, this is liberal. This, this, this is like. Shut up. That's I, probably like I watch like the Young Turks and other things like that because they don't don't see that thing. They're like same, same as you. They're like, what the fuck? Well, that doesn't I, even make sense. Well, I did you guys the favor and posted the link in the chat room. The, the, the disheartening thing isn't the fact that they would even go and promote this stupid idea, but it's the fact that there will be people out there that will genuinely take this report seriously and tell their kids, they'll tell their kids, hey, we don't play those games here. You can't build a, a fake city that may get attacked by tornadoes and a giant dinosaur. You can't do that. That's not right. That's not what God would want. Go back to playing your Madden. Seriously, Madden? No, that's That's what you'd be hearing, probably. Dude, it's it's embarrassing. It it it's embarrassing that our country has fallen into that into that type of shit. And the worst part, the worst part, is that I I I have yet to see the gaming community call them out again. See, this is when you call them out and go, "Hey, hey, fuckholes, hey, you guys." Wait, are you? That's not what we do. That's not what we do. That's not what we do. That's not what gaming does. Really? Liberal agendas? Last time I checked, when you're playing Gears of War next week, you're not going to be fucking using Marcus Phoenix and Barack Obama. You're not going to use Michelle Bachman and fucking Mario, you stupid fucks. Get out of here. Yeah, it's planet, which I think is where Fox News comes from. Ugh, it's embarrassing, dude. You got anything else you want to add, brother? No, just like the baffling of it was just so much. Like, wow. Well, do yourself a favor. I put the link in the uh, in the chat. By all means, check out the fuckery firsthand. Oh, I will. I will. Thanks for your call, brother. All right, man. See ya. There you go. So yeah, what the fuck, gaming news? Our good old buddies at Fox News. Those douchebags. Yeah. By the way, Andrew fucking splitting hairs. Yes, Gears of War 3, according to Andrew Kusher in the chat, who's getting a mandatory shout-out. Yes, Gears of War 3 comes out in 12 days. On the normal calendar. In New York City, where we don't give a fuck about release dates, you can probably pick it up 
tomorrow. I can almost guarantee you can pick it up tomorrow. So, Andrew gets his mandatory shout-out because he's breaking my balls, but he also learns that New York City doesn't give a fuck about yo street dates. All right, let's move on through the rest of this segment. THQ has announced that they are very supportive of cloud-based gaming, and they're actually working on doing something really cool with Saints Row the Third, which is going to have 40 weeks of content coming. According to Brian Farrow from THQ, he said, we, we totally change how we keep our consumer engaged for a very long time. We intend to create an online digital ecosystem that keeps them interested for a year or more. Now, I don't mind that. I think that their support of, of cloud-based gaming is great because, like as they were saying, it'll result in lower cost for the hardware manufacturer, which, of course, is lower cost for the consumer, and drive mass market adoption. He is correct. My only issue with this, and especially with something like Saints Row the Third, you're going to have 40 weeks of content. The big question is, how much of it must be free? Well, how much of it is free? How much of it is paid? And... What does that do for the value of the game? Because think about it. You leave out a whole bunch of shit. You put it in DLC. People pay 60 bucks for your game. You release really good DLC content for 15 or 15 to 20 bucks a pop. That $60 game just became a $75 to $80 game. Because you want to extend the play, the play for a year. Are you going to work on making the games cheaper? Will Saints Row be 30 bucks or maybe 40 bucks? Because honestly, I don't see the value in buying a game and investing 75 to to $100 on a game and DLC that you'll probably end up selling in six months. Just throwing that out there. Rockstar Games, which is a company I haven't talked about in quite a bit, released news regarding Max Payne 3, which will be available next March on the PC, PS3, and 360. In addition to the single-player game, Rockstar said that a multiplayer mode will be included as well to add to the compelling experience and progression modes that are going to be given to players for matches. So if you're a fan of Max Payne, be on the lookout for that in March. Now we've got to close it out with some MPD numbers. The gaming industry dropped 23% during the month of August. The, the exact same amount of sales declined in July, according to MPD's Anita Frazier. She stated that the bulk of the decline can be attributed to the shift of the annual Madden release from August to September. The MPD actually counts August 30th as part of September. So, they're looking for other reasons as to why sales declined. How about this? How about the fact that there were hardly any fucking games? How about that? Last week's gaming segment and the week prior to that, the gaming segments were shit. I should have just played funeral music at that point. Should have just done that. It would have probably been more interesting than the than the minuscule gaming news that were out. There were hardly any great releases this summer. And you're blaming it on the fact that they moved Madden from from August 30th and it and it affected September's numbers? Are are you serious, lady? How about just calling it like it is? There were no fucking games. Nobody wanted to buy the 3DS because that shit had no games either because it's a fucking paperweight. And let's move on. Let's not fucking kid ourselves. 
The only thing that came out of the MPD numbers was that gaming hardware saw an increase in sales from July, um, largely fueled, of course, by the cuts on the 3DS and the PS3. According to a memo that was sent out by Nintendo following the MPD report, the 3DS discount moved 185,000 consoles from August 12th through the end of the month. This wave, of course, increased the dollar and unit sales of, of handheld hardware throughout August 2010. But here's the funny thing. 185,000 185, 3DSs were sold. How many people are playing them now? How many? With what games? Because there aren't any. Does that mean anything? Does it? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Anyone? The fuck out of here, man. 185,000 consoles don't mean shit if that level of that level of sa of sell through isn't affecting games or or accessories. It do it doesn't mean shit. You sold 185,000 paperweights. Congratulations. That that's fantastic. I'm going to open a wig store, sell 185,000 wigs to no one. I'm going to sell them to one guy and say I'm successful because that's a, that's how it works. It is bullshit. It is, a, it is a hollow number. Hollow. 185,000 consoles were sold. Who the fuck is playing them? Who? There is nothing out there. Nothing. Street Fighter? Again? Monkey Ball? Again? Come, no. Stop. Stop it. Stop trying to validate your hollow numbers with bullshit like that. Slick has a 3DS... Josh has a 3DS. I bought my sister a 3DS for her birthday. Why? Because it was cheap. Who's playing it? No one. Oh yeah, Star Fox. We got Star Fox coming out. Whoop-de-fucking-doo. Triangular ships with a fucking fox and a mon that has a fucking Dragon Ball Z scouter on. Talking like... Because that's what it is. Star Fox doesn't even have a voice. It's fucking fart noises into a microphone. It's like, do a barrel roll! <laughs> that's what it is. That's, that's, that's your, that's your, that's your Star Fox voice work. That's what it is. It's like, do 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 That's it. Slick tells me that, um, <laughs> this Star Fox has voices in it. <laughs> I couldn't help it. The, the fart noise took it over the top. <laughs> Wow, I actually broke character and laughed on my own show. But seriously, it's it, these re-releases and this bullshit. I I'm done. I'm done. And, and these hollow numbers and these excuses. You're you're not selling anything. You're not. Great. You sold 185,000 consoles. Great. Have fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna use my sister's 3DS to hold up my dinner table. That's kind of crooked because that's what it's good for. Lastly. Let's go over some of the top-selling games, which, you know, if they had numbers next to them, we'd, we'd give a shit. I don't have a 3DS, but I bought one for my sister. But, um, and that was in regards to Slick's question. Top 10 best-selling games. We'll start from the bottom. Zumba Fitness. The Legend of Zelda. 3D for the 3DS. That was number 9. Number 8, Lego Pirates of the Caribbean. Number 7, Just Dance 2. Number six, Just Dance Summer Party. Number five, Cars 2. Number four, Phineas and Ferb. 
Number three, Call of Duty Black Ops. Number two, NCAA Football. And Deus Ex Human Revolution. So those are your top telling your top ten best selling titles for August. Now let's look at this pattern here. Phineas and Ferb, Cars 2, Pirates of the Caribbean, then you had Just Dance and Zumba Fitness and Lego Pirates. Most of them old shit. Old shit. NCAA football, great. Whatever. Call of Duty Black Ops is going to sell until until the cows come home. But seriously, no games, none. None. Deus Ex is on there because Deus Ex was new and everybody was super excited to play something shiny and new because there was nothing else out. Nothing. So, yeah. That's your MPD numbers. That's your fucking game segment. I'm done with this shit. Let's go to a fucking commercial because I'm just disgusted. We'll be back. Movies right after this. The following advertisement is for BornStubbornRadio.com. BornStubbornRadio. We like news. We like current events. But we like the fucked up news and the fucked up current events. The Born Southern Radio, we talk about everything in entertainment. We talk about movies. We talk about music. Mostly heavy stuff. Have good mosh pitting! And because we're big fucking nerds, we talk about video games. <gasps> we're big fucking nerds. We love video games. Fuck's sake, man! Rich loves the show. Yeah. Hey, Rich, you like the show, don't you? Yeah, man. Are you sure you like the show? Yeah, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Fuck it. Isn't Born Southern Radio one of your favorite podcasts? Yeah, man. Awesome. Okay, hold on a second. But I was just curious. I'm thinking about coming to New York. Awesome. You live in New York, right? Yeah. You think maybe I could uh, crash on your couch? Uh, in the predominantly Asian neighborhoods, there's like fucking 20 of them shits. Um, Rich, I love you, but I don't know what the fuck you just said. In the Asian neighborhoods, there's like fucking 20 of them shits. Exactly. Okay, I, I don't know what Rich is thinking, but BornStepInRadio.com is where you should be going right now. Here you go, And good morning, why I decided to close that out with the boo is because the first bit of movie news this week comes re- with regards to the upcoming Blu-ray release of Star Wars. Now, obviously, I know many of our listeners are Star Wars fans and are super excited for the brand new Star Wars trilogy being released on high definition. Fantastic. Great. Awesome. Everybody's super pumped. But here's the great thing about it. George Lucas and his infinite wisdom always, always changes something. Does he change it for the better? Does he change it for the worse? It depends on who you ask. 
Some people don't give a shit because they just want to watch it and be done with it. Others will be super pumped and they'll just let it slide because they get Blu-ray releases of their favorite movies. George Lucas has pushed some Star Wars fans way too fucking far. It seems that fans are actually contemplating boycotting the Blu-ray release of Star Wars because of some things that were changed, of which I'm going to tell you guys some of them, but the videos that are on YouTube do it far more justice than me explaining it, but I'm going to give it to you as best as possible. First off, George Lucas changed Darth Vader in the, I believe it was, Return of the Jedi, and he changed it to where when the Emperor is zapping Luke and, you know, Darth Vader proceeds to pick him up and throw him in, in the, in, in, over the, you know, over the railing, usually Darth Vader would just stare at him, pick him up, and toss him over. In this one, he decides that before he grabs him, he goes, no, and then throws the Emperor over the railing at the end of Return of the Jedi similar to the no that he used at the end of Phantom Menace. Now, before I go into it any further, I see that Slick is on the line, and he is going to uh, impart his black rage upon us all. You're a mean one, Mr. Slick. What do you got? I got four words. Fuck you, George Lucas. They're fucking killing my childhood. They're ruining my favorite fucking movie. Movies that you made. And they were fucking fantastic. And you're fucking them up. Well, while I have Let's you on... start with... Hold on, hold on. Before, before I let you even finish it, let me tell you what else he decided to do. Besides the no, the Ewoks now have digital eyeballs in Return of the Jedi. Why? They have digital eyeballs so they can blink. Yoda is now CGI in The Phantom Menace and in A New Hope. And also, Obi-Wan's dra uh, the dragon that Obi-Wan Kenobi ro ro uh, rode in, in the one movie, the howl has been changed. It says that uh, one person online said that the, that the sound it makes now sounds like a pedophile getting his dick caught in a screen door. <laughs> wow. So, yeah... There you go. Why the fuck do we keep changing shit? And every fucking change he makes is like, he just made the movie suck. Yeah. So... Like, first you win with the fucking Han can't shoot first because Han's a good guy. Han's a fucking smuggler. That he is. Of course he's fucking shot first. Not a good guy. He's a, he's a piece of shit. He is a piece of Everybody shit. I love him because he's a piece of shit. Very true. Yes, he's fucking shot first. Why the fuck you sit there and wait for Greedo to shoot at him? Dude, this is this is the shit that pisses people off. And it's not even that you gotta make it so that Han didn't shoot first. It's that you have this fantastic movie. Which, despite it being made in the late 70s, has great special effects. And you hire, like, a retarded three-year-old to get on a Commodore Amiga 
and just make a scene with the shittiest graphics ever. So it's like one second you're watching Star Wars, and then for for like five seconds you're watching like an excerpt from like a Barney episode, and then it goes back to Star Wars. Dude, the the changes, and I'm trying to find the link so I can post it in the chat so you guys can see the video of some of the changes. It really look if you just enjoy the movie for what it is. You'll probably look past some of it, but Darth Vader screaming no, like 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 fucking Corky from Life Goes On, as he proceeds to throw the Emperor over the railing is just just not the move. It's not because it doesn't work. It looks so out of place. When I saw the clip, I said, "Lysol knows a real clean is something you see." It it um. It looked really really forced. I said to myself, "This this is insane. This can't be happening." But it, it that's exactly what it was. It, it looks so awkward. I really am going to try and find the links. If not, I'll post the videos in the fan page so that you guys can rage on them, uh, can rage about them on the fan page. But it really is crazy. Like, I saw the Ewoks blinking, and I'm like, holy shit, they blink. Since when? And I love his bullshit excuse why we can't get the original unfucked up versions of the first three movies that he couldn't convert them to digital or some shit like that. He couldn't up up convert them to high definition. I'm like, dude, this movie's from the fucking thirties on Blu ray on Blu ray. Right. It looks absolutely fine. You're telling me that Star Wars, which is touted as, you know, one of the Visually and 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 um, in terms of audio, one of the greatest movies ever made. Just in terms of special effects and audio, because you're freaking basically you made THX just to make Star Wars. I don't know, dude. It's... And you're telling me you can't put that shit on Blu-ray without fucking it up? Nope. Guess not. Guess not. But I, like he just wants to have the only copy of the original movie left and, like, sit around rubbing his nuts on it at home. Well, the funny thing is that I, I was talking to a buddy of mine on, on IM, and he says to me, he goes, dude, I've bought every version of Star Wars, and I bitch and I bitch and I bitch, and I buy it just because I'm a fan, so I want to own it. But he's, he, we were talking about it, and he says to me, he goes, but even hardcore fans have limits. Like, certain shit just doesn't belong. Like, why should Darth Vader be like, no? He said it. It has no purpose. He goes, I don't give a shit if the Ewoks blink. He goes, if I had my way, I'd throw them in a fucking wood chipper. It's true. Who gives a shit about the, about the blinking Muppets? I don't give a fuck. And you kind of really fuck it up digitizing Yoda because... One of the whole, like, big things about Yoda was, like, wow, the greatest Jedi ever is a fucking Muppet. That's right. It was Miss Piggy's voice. That's it. Speaking in, speaking in fucking Pig Latin, basically. There you go. It's it's insane, dude, but I figured you would, you would enjoy it, and, um... 
I'm going to try and definitely post the, the, the videos on the fan page just because I can't find them to post them directly. But it, it's it's a tragedy that a lot of people are going to are going to be really annoyed about. I'm pro- I am going to buy the box sets only because I sold all the copies I've had and whatever. I'm just going to watch them for the lightsaber fights like I'm not going to sit and watch them from start to finish. Not my thing. At least not now, unless I'm really bored, then maybe. But now, not so much. Let's not forget that, you know, yeah, the Return of the Jedi wasn't the fan favorite to start with. Right. So let's make it even more hated. Let's <laughs> take the most hated character in the fucking Star Wars universe. Let's put Jar Jar in there. Then let's take the second most hated character in the Star Wars universe. Let's replace the guy who originally was at the end of Star Wars, who was really in the Darth Vader suit. Let's put good old Hayden in the end. Because, you know, when you die, your ghost fucking regresses and age 20 years. Oh, yeah, of course. That's okay. Hayden Christensen, he's holding me back, Obi-Wan. He's holding me back. It's like, ugh, shut up. Go cry in a corner, emo kid. Shut your face. It's like Darth, Darth, Vader, Darth Vader, they should make a t-shirt that says Darth Vader after Star Wars and just show Darth Vader working at, hot, at fucking Hot Topic. Stupid shit. I think I might actually skip the Blu-ray because, you know, after this shit, he's gonna, like, wait a couple of years and release, like, the ultimate Blu-ray, I'm gonna fuck you in the ass against it, which will have the six movies, all the Clone Wars shit, and whatever shit he releases after that, all in one box. Oh yeah, that's and the. Like, if I'm gonna get fucked, I'll buy. I'll get fucked and get everything. The only way it can be even more special is if, if the box looks like a giant Jar Jar Binks head. <laughs> Don't say that, dude. <laughs> you know he would. You open up Jar Jar's mouth and it has all the discs in it. <laughs> it's like I want to go to like. One of those the Star Wars cons and you know basically get kicked out and fucked up. They're like, Mister Lucas, why do you hate your fans? I'll get kicked out and fucked up, but it'll be worth it. Dude, George Lucas is in it for the money now, dude. It's all about the money. Star Wars lunchboxes, Star Wars pillows. Buy your Star Wars soap dispenser at the Pottery Barn. It's, come on, man. But he gets all he'll get all that shit without fucking up the movie. Oh yeah, but that's Dude, not that's not how it works, man. People it wor- go nuts buying the fucking tennis figures. They buy the lunchboxes. They buy the. You've seen it. I mean, pe- a, a dude made a freaking hard drive that looks like a real R two D two. That's right. I don't know, dude. I think I think at- look at it. Look at it. Phone, Android phone. <laughs> True. R two D two fucking Android phone. Every time somebody buys a droid phone, George Lucas gets fucking money. Yep. And not even the R2-D2 one. Just droid phone. Yep, droid. Just because it's called a droid phone. He gets fucking paid. Dude, the marketing pick campaign Stop was it. built on Stop Star Wars. Shit up. You know that. The Android campaign was built on Star Wars, remember? When you when the droid first came out and you were working, you're like, dude, they're really going hard with this Star Wars shit. <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh. Well, 
Uh, it, it can only get better. We can only expect, you know, the, uh, either a Star Wars TV show or three more movies. I'm sure he's going to find a way to, to, to squeeze it even more. It was like, you figured that South Park episode would have been maybe a sign for him to stop. Nah. They made a whole episode about him fucking raping Indiana Jones in the ass. Nah. Nah. You, you expect too much, my friend. You expect too much. Why does he keep fucking doing it? The money, dude. That fight money. Those bison dollars. I mean, keep getting this shit. It's like, leave it alone and get your fucking fight money. It's like, he's like a kid just sitting around on Photoshop and just Photoshopping dicks everywhere on his fucking work. That's what he's doing. Yeah, it's it's madness, dude. Madness. But, yeah. He's like fucking Tyler Durden. He's like this clipping the footage and like putting two seconds of dicks in the film. I don't even know where to say. I don't even know what to say. It's it's. I've reached a, a point with this shit where nothing nothing with George Lucas would surprise me. Nothing, nothing at all. At this point, it's like I'm gonna re. Well, he's gonna re-release the trilogies in 3D also. So you know he's got that covered. That's that's. Yeah, dude. Well. Just wait for the re-release. Anything else you want to add, okay, my by friend? By the time we have kids, the the, the original trilogy <laughs> won't exist. Look like it anymore. It's like you won't even see Mark Hamill in there anymore. Fucking Mark Hamill will probably look like the Joker. Fuck that! By the time our kids watch Star Wars, fucking Mark Hamill will be played by Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Basically. Playing Luke Skywalker, Wesley Snipes. And Anakin Skywalker will be played by fucking Chris Rock. <laughs> Just because that he's going to start licensing out the rights to it. And they'll remake Star Wars with like all black actors. And it'll be a comedy. Like the Honeymooners. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this fucking hurts my soul. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. He's going to start franchising the Star Wars the Star Wars movies out like Kiss does with their band. And it's just going to be, you know, Star Wars, the Black People Edition. You're going to have Latin Star Wars. <laughs> Where it's going to be like Luke. Yeah, it's going to be like Luke, yo soy tu padre. No! <laughs> That's what you're going to get. You're going to get Latin Star Wars. Just because when Luke fucking parks the land speed, the second he walks out, you see the fucking Jawa strip that shit clean. Oh, yeah. The Jawa. Yo, the pod race will really be a street race, and the pod race, the pod racers will have fucking hydraulics. Um, Luke is going to have the Jedi robe, but it's going to be open on the bottom with one button holding it closed on the top. It's going to be great. It's going to be, you know, Star Wars The Latin Edition, sponsored by Del Taco. And you know what? It'll be better than the shit that he's about to put out next week. That's it. You got fucking Cholo Luke. (laughs) (laughs) Cholo Luke. Fucking Darth Darth Vader's costume looks like a Mexican flag, and his helmet is going to look like a giant sombrero with eyes on it, and his cape will be a poncho. 
be great. You know who will fucking guest star. Oh, man, George Lopez is doing the voice of Darth Vader. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> I have not been fine from the fucking movie. Uh, he already looks like he was tricked out by Mexican. Oh, dude, it's 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 going to be crazy. Latin Star Wars. You heard it here first. Luke, soy tu padre. That shit is coming. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude. Anything else you want to add? Nah, I'm good for now. All right, brother. Peace. Peace. You heard it here for, for you heard it here first, folks. Latin Star Wars. I think I'm gonna just make a T-shirt with that shit. This is gonna be a, a Darth Vader helmet with uh, on a plate of rice and beans. Be fantastic. It'll be fantastic. And anyone that gets offended by that entire exchange, please know that I am Hispanic, so I can say shit like that. Yes. Riddick. Everybody's on the edge of their seats, wondering what's happening with Riddick. Vin Diesel updated his Facebook recently, not with breakdancing videos from his childhood, but with updates as to what's happening with Riddick's, with uh, with uh, the Chronicles of Riddick, I should say. He said that it will be a, an R-rated film. He said, I was working on the, on the character. The director and his team of artists have been creating a world and a style for this picture. Seeing the early stage of CGI is always fascinating. It is an element that usually comes together long after the filming process, so you look forward to seeing it fully realized. Riddick production will be taking place in Canada, where we shot the, the, a large part of Chronicles. I'm also grateful to have Universal supporting us and allow and because not many studios back an R rating. Very cool. So you can rest easy in knowing that the next Pitch Black film will be an R rating, and. Um, it's coming out soon, and it's being worked on. Let's talk box office totals. The Help was still number one. Why? I don't know. The Debt was number two. Apollo 18 was number three, which I can't believe people went to see. Shark Knight 3D was number four. Slick is working on a write-up for that. I expect many jokes. Rise of the Planet of the Apes was five. Colombiana was six. Our Idiot Brother was seven. Don't Be Afraid of the Dark was eight. Spy Kids was 9, and Smurfs was 10. In some other movie news, let's talk about The Expendables 2, which, according to the site, well, according to a, a, cast, a cast listing that was posted on their website, Chuck Norris and Van Damme are rumored to be in the next Expendables film. The plot synopsis, of course, follows The Expendables looking to avenge the murder of Tool, played by Mickey Rourke, and I say... That was a total mess up on my part. It sounded like I said Toll. It was Tool. Played by Mickey Rourke is murdered. The Expendables go to uh, avenge the death of their friend, but also save his wild daughter, Fiona. So that's the plot for Expendables 2. Chuck Norris is in it. All the other Expendables are in it. I hear Donnie Yen might be in it, and Van Damme is in it. The only way that Chuck Norris being in the Expendables would be more epic is if Chuck Norris is the bad guy and Sylvester Stallone and Chuck Norris have to fight it out in a crumbling Roman Coliseum, just like when Chuck Norris fought Bruce Lee. That's the only way it'll be epic. Otherwise, it's going to be serious Chuck Norris mullet action with his typical spin kick that gets re that they rewind 17 times to make it look like he did 17 spins. That's what's happening with that shit. But um you know we were talking about the what the fuck movie news and I said they were coming, they were coming and to be super excited. Well, I need Dark Helmet, Strider, 
Slick, and some of the others to hold on to their hats for this. According to Deadline, writer-producer pair David Katzenberg and Seth Graham Smith have just signed a two-year first-look contract with Warner Brothers. Now, you're probably asking yourself, why is this important, and should I give a shit? Here's why. One of the first projects in that deal is a sequel to the 1988 film Beetlejuice. Originally, there was a a sequel for Beetlejuice planned in the 90s titled Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, and Tim Burton was scheduled to return to direct it. Unfortunately, the project failed to develop beyond an initial screenplay, thank God. At this time, it's unknown whether or not Katzenberg and Graham Smith's upcoming script will have any crossover with the original concept. Seth Graham Smith is one of the writers for Dark Shadows, which is another Tim Burton project. But at this time, there is no word on if Tim Burton or Michael Keaton will be returning to the sequel. So there you go. Beetlejuice, 1988. You know, with Winona Ryder and uh, Jump in the Line, Rock Your Body All Night, Okay, I Believe You. You know, all that shit. Yeah, that's what that's where it's going. That's where it's going. Beetlejuice sequel. So, I'll let that sink in, and then we'll go into the next bit of What the Fuck Movie News, which is another gem, another classic. And that is a remake of Bloodsport, the 1988 Van Damme classic, is getting remade. Complete total reinvention by producer Robert R. Pressman who said that he is looking at a script written by Robert Mark Kamen to be delivered soon. The plot is going to be similar, but it follows an Afghanistan war vet that is sick of violence that retreats to Brazil only to be involved in a martial arts contest. The budget is going to be between $65 and $75 million. They have no distributor yet, but they are scouting locations in the Brazilian city of Manaus, which of course is home to the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fighting style. They're also looking at Bahia and Rio de Janeiro as well. So we're going from Beetlejuice sequel to Bloodsport remake. Yes. But we're not done. We're not done. No what-the-fuck movie news segment would ever be complete without talking about Brendan Fraser. Now, we all know Brendan Fraser, known for never-aging making completely shitty fucking movies like Journey to the Center of the Earth and other bullshit like that, he is working on a film based on William Tell. Now, here's the best part. Brendan Fraser and director Eric Brevig, who did Journey to the Center of the Earth, are set to team up for William Tell 3D. The studio says that the film will be a combination of Sherlock Holmes and Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, I'm going to share with you the plot synopsis, and I'm going to read it to you in the, in the Hollywood film voice. In an age of oppression and tyranny, William Tell is forced to rise up against those who threaten his lands and family. The governor of Switzerland lies dying, and Austrian Hermann Gessler is waiting to take his place. Try as he might... William Tell cannot keep himself out of the conflict that ensues, and soon will find his own wife and children embroiled in it. Refusing to bow to a tyrant, he is forced to shoot an apple off the head of his own son. 
and then he swears revenge. It's the inspiration of a nation and the stuff of legend. Really? I can come up with a better script on a fucking Etch-A-Sketch with ketchup packets. I can draw it on the Etch-A-Sketch, smear ketchup packets on it, and I can say, here's my movie. Are, are you serious? It's William Tell, for God's sakes. It's shit. It is complete shit. Ugh, Brendan Fraser, you fuck. Why? Why would you do that? Leave it alone. William Tell. William Tell. Why would you do it? Why? No one gives a shit. It's like making a movie about George Washington's housekeeper. Why would you give a shit? In a world where George Washington's housekeeper avenges the death of George Washington at the hands of the Redcoats, the maid strikes back. No one gives a shit. Stop. Brendan Fraser, please, I beg you. I beg you. You've made way too many shitty movies. Way too many. You did a, a fantastic movie with Harrison Ford. A, a, a medical drama. Which I watched, and it was so sad, but so great, that I said to myself, Brendan Fraser is a bad motherfucker. That's what I said when I watched it. It was a, such a great drama. But then, then you come out with furry vengeance. You come out with furry vengeance. And any respect, any any inkling of giving a fuck is gone. Gone. Because you have decided to take your career and literally run it through a meat grinder and then shit on it. Shit on it. I got an idea. Why don't you do a sequel to fucking MacGruber at this point? If you want to do shitty movies. It's embarrassing, folks. It's embarrassing. So, yeah. We closed it out with three bits of what the fuck movie news. And to recap, just in case you guys missed it, we got a possible Beetlejuice sequel, a Bloodsport remake, and Brendan Fraser in William Tell 3D. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think that'll, that'll be just enough to close out the show for this week. And guess what? It is. With that said, folks... This is the end of this week's MTR episode. You've just heard My Take Radio episode 106 for Thursday, September 8th, 2011. If you have any questions or concerns or would like to be a guest, or if you are interested in sponsoring a segment or sharing some products on MTR via commercials or for reviews, you can email me at mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. Now, with regards to that, I did want to say that if you are interested in promoting a product, please make sure to check out our sponsorship and promotions page on on well on the website and fill that out, and that'll be an easier way for us to um, answer any questions you may have. I'm actually working on updating that form because I'm really not happy with it, but we do want to offer commercial space for those of you that are promoting other shows, websites, or products. 30-second spots are available segment sponsorships are available you know the mma segment this week is sponsored by i don't know nike so shit like that so if you want to do something within that regards by all means mtr host at mytakeradio.com and i'll probably set up a separate 
advertising email for that. If you're on Twitter, you can follow the show on Twitter at MyTakeRadio. On Twitter, altogether one word. If you're in the wastelands of MySpace, we are there too. MySpace.com slash MyTakeRadio. And last but not least, Facebook fan page. Facebook.com slash MyTakeRadio. Well on our way to 1,500 fans. You like what we do. You want to show your support, interact with other listeners. Hit up the Facebook fan page or hit up our forums. MyTakeRadio.com slash forums. Join in the discussion there or on the fan page. You'll be glad you did. Last but not least, if you want to have access to My Take Radio wherever you go, besides your typical desktop computer or laptop, you can pick up our apps for Android and for iOS devices, either in the Android Marketplace, Amazon Storefront, or on iTunes. Lastly, you can also listen to My Take Radio via the Stitcher app, which allows you to stream episodes of My Take Radio wherever you go. Also look for MTR on iTunes, Zune Marketplace, and Blueberry as well. That's going to wrap it up, folks. Thank you all for listening, and I will catch you guys next week. If you're still sticking around and you want to hear some tunes, head over to Turntable FM and check out the MTR After Party Room that Slick opened up just now. All right, guys. See you guys next week. Dr. David Rice will be joining us. We'll be talking wrestling psychology and character development. That's it, folks. I'm out of here. Peace. Taking us out this week will be the Go Back Streets of Rage 2 mix by Gecko Yamori from ocremix.org. You can download that and any of the other previously used intro and outro music at ocremix.org.